Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. In this episode, we've got Scott Paul on the show. Scott, how are you? I'm doing pretty good this afternoon. Good, man. Thanks for coming on. He's the founder and CEO of Wooly, uh, which is very, I mean, it's for a very niche market, which is influencer marketing, which we're going to get into a little bit. Before we talk specifically about the company, which I do want to get into, uh, I want I want I want everyone listening to understand exactly what influencer marketing is and what corner of that industry you're involved in. Yeah, influencer marketing's that can't really be defined because uh, it's a lot of different things, to different people. You can think of Michael Jordan early on. You know, he's probably like the big first influencer in the more modern era for Nike. But yeah. then you can think way way back and probably every even old J.C. Penney's would bring in the local somebody to represent a brand so it's been around it's been a long it's been around a long time this this idea of a company hiring an individual to kind of represent the brand what what has changed about it in the last i'm going to say 10 years is that the the amount of influencers are, has gone way long tails not and long who's since. defined as an influencer has changed I, I i will define everybody as an influencer as you will soon hear my story but uh but the influencer that we're normally talking about is somebody who has created some type of audience on social media or blog or YouTube yeah. and has enough, you know, enough audience that they can possibly push or pedal stuff thing to that audience yeah. enough so that a brand will reach out to them and work with them and pay them potentially. Yeah. So actually right before you came into the studio, uh, Brandon and I were talking about Mad Men, uh, unrelated, but, it reminds me the early days when uh, companies like the tobacco companies would use doctors. They'd yes. slap them on their ads. Brilliant. Uh, we actually have one, of the, we have one of their ads up I'm here on, on one it. of the there walls. There we go. Yes. Uh, more doctors smoke camels. Uh, and that oh, is, yeah. is one of the earliest. <laughs> well, one of the earliest of modern day. I'm sure, I'm sure something like that. I mean, that is real. You, that is yeah. undeniably an ad using the doctor as that's an right. So, Unbelievable. So, so I love that that's, stuff. Uh, that's the, yeah, that's early, you know, I mean, we're talking 1940s influencer yeah. marketing. But I think uh, it's still true. I think most doctors still prefer camels. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so so interesting. You had mentioned that. Uh, well, I, actually, so that's that's a. I, I like that definition. We'll get more in depth there. I want to talk about you and your story, and then I'd love you to tie in what you had mentioned. How you believe that everyone is an influencer uh, through your story. Yeah, I mean, it's not just my belief. It's what our product does. So I'll kind of talk about that. My history with influencer marketing began in 2012. Um, it was it was. It's two part actually. It happened in two different companies I was running almost at the exact same time. I had a company that I was started that we, we did iPad cases for um, for like business use cases. So with this iPad case that I made was made out of metal and it would go into like retail stores, maybe used as point of sale, uh, like registers, cash yeah, registers. Yeah, yeah. Right when the iPad came out, there was just a lot of people wanting to use it in different ways than just, you know, as entertainment at home. So I created this company around that called Armor Active where we put the iPad, you see them in the airports, you'll see them all over now. Oh, yeah. but, and uh, we were the hardware that would encase in, in that iPad or tablet. Um, and and one time we got an order for, I remember the sales guy, Andrew, saying, I'm like, whoa, who's, who's, who's out in Miami ordering, you know, 40 of these things or 50? It was like 54 of them. And I'm like, and, and, and he said, unknown. I'm like, dang, like, I wish they would have told us who they are. 
well, come to find out that store is actually called unknown. So it was, so the whole time we thought the client was not telling us then who they who were, was, but, but they were was, telling was, exactly was who a, you were. It was the name of a brand new store that happened to be uh, owned by LeBron James. And it was his new shoe store when he was with the Miami Heat. Well, he did this big old announcement showing off his shoes um, and he had an iPad next to every shoe. So there's 50 on this wall and next to every iPad, every, every shoe was like a, a sizzle reel for that yeah, shoe. Yeah. It was a beautiful display. Won a lot of awards, made a lot of splash, and he put it up on Twitter when he announced the store in the grand opening. He was there and showing it off. Well, just happened to be this one photo where he's holding his hands up, and it looks like he's, you know, pretty much doing a he's a Vanna display. White Vanna Whiting. That's right. Our our case, not even a shoe. It was like right next to our beautifully branded case uh, with the iPad in it, and so I. Uh, took that photo off of Twitter and I spliced it together with another full, you know, the, 50, the array of 50, made that our, you know, main header on our website and the rest is history. <laughs> Nike, <laughs> Foot Locker, Adidas, Reebok, all uh, found out about it. And, uh, and I never got a cease or desist or, a, you know, some legal letter from LeBron's team. And instead, I got a bunch of new clients all wanting to do the same thing. And that was a, that, Dude, was, that's my, awesome. that was my first taste of like, of, of, uh, it, it was more of appropriation, like it wasn't That's like right. he wouldn't shout us out, but I used his influence and uh, his likeness <laughs> to to uh, you know give some credibility to my brand on my on my site. And we had a lot of traffic, you know, even before that. But that just kind of that was like you know you could go to my competitors and see a boring page with a product name like TP one four six seven like skew, you know that was their name of their product. And you go to my site, you see LeBron James shouting it out, and then you see he's beautifully named yeah you know uh evolve and full metal jacket these were the names of my products even if those b to b it was just we really differentiate ourselves and it was it was awesome to have a you know a, a, a not a fake celebrity endorsement but a a hijacked celebrity yeah, endorsement yeah, to do that yeah so that was my first perceived taste of, yeah, yeah first taste of influence so marketing. so that's interesting so ori so originally you had no uh interest or even idea what influencer marketing was but then you you did it I mean, you you kind of accidentally you did hacked it. You, it. Yeah, hacked it, and uh, and, and rode, that's when the rode that wave. And I said, "This is awesome," um, but but uh, this is 2011, 2012 ish, and that was I didn't know how to repeat that. I didn't know what that was that just happened. I liked it, but uh, I wanted to. I, I, and about six, no, oh, four months later, I'm creating a mobile app. Uh, was one of my side hustles, uh, and it was a mobile app that was kind of like Instagram. It's 2012. I'm trying to make this. It was, a, it was called Voto. V O T O. It's actually still out on the App Store, believe it or not. It hasn't been updated for five years. So if you want to go, <laughs> I don't know if it'll work on I, on most of the iOS devices, but um, yeah, VotoApp.com. It was a, it was for voting on uh, photos. So it was like an Instagram, or, you know, feed, but instead of just liking a photo, there was a series of photos, and you would. It was one, two, three, or four photos, and you would kind of pick one of them. So photo and voting together made photo. And we did really well, I thought, at building a great app. It worked well, and to get everyone to use it. And you know, I was that person that thought, if I just publish this, everyone's going to come download it because it's great. Yeah. Well, it doesn't happen. And uh, it never really did happen. I mean, it happened to a few people in the early days, but it's pretty hard to have that happen organically. And so I'm just... Spinning, spinning wheels trying to figure out how to do this and instagram's a baby right now it's an infant you know vine just launched the same time we did tinder was brand new so these this is the era that we're talking about and 
And uh, so Instagram didn't really, you know, wasn't used widely. There was no brands doing it. There's no video on it. It was back when it was just like a photo and there was a popular feed and you could follow your friends. Well, this is, oh, this is the second experience with influencer marketing. This is where it was birthed. Here I am trying to get users to use this app and my partner, she paid uh, some girl on Instagram $20 to post to her 120,000 fashion fans. She was like a fashion account. You know, she just posts fashion. And uh, you know, a teenager, I think she was like 16 even. Mm -hmm. So $20, you know, via PayPal, you know, she met her on this Kick app and paid her through PayPal. And $20 was like school lunch for like at least a week. So she was happy. <laughs> And what happened after that post, as, as you could imagine, like it was probably one of the very early sponsored posts back in 2012. And it was a shout out to go, you gotta go download this app, follow me on it, you know, see my fashion posts. Here's the app icon. It was a really nasty little, you know, zoomed in icon photo that she, of the app and, and, uh, and she tagged our, you know, our app page on Instagram. Well, we had like maybe 500 users before that happened and within 10 minutes after we had about three four thousand and i thought the app broke when i first started looking at the content i'm like there's a lot of a lot of new you know likes and engagements on these on these in this content feed uh it's it's 10x what it used to be so i'm thinking just an extra zero got yeah. into the code and i call up the developers i'm like yeah you got to fix this this is kind of throwing everyone for a wrench and no he's like no we're our servers are running at overtime something's happening uh, this is real. And I call up my partner, Nikel, and, and said, hey, what, what'd you do? I paid someone $20 to post. Can you do that again? And she says, yeah, there's like, like hundreds of people asking me to, you know, people started reaching out to us saying, I'll do the same thing that girl did for, yeah. for $15, for $20, for $80. And we built a list of thousands of people that were doing these shout outs, right? And we, we did it to the point of getting a million downloads on our app. And uh, so, yeah, our, our little Voto app at a point was competing with Tinder and Twitter and the App Store rankings. It was, it was so, amazing. So what the heck, man? What to happened? figure out how to make money on the thing. <laughs> you got to you got to you pay a lot of money to keep an app going. And I I'm I suck at monetization, but I also got distracted. That kind of that's where the Russian mafia comes in. Oh, the Russian mafia stuff. So I, what's, I, what's I, that te about? I tease my friends are not Russian mafia. They're just they're just really the Russians that have lots of money. So I, I often I often uh always wondered where it came from and so that's when i tell my american friends like, but i get a call from one of them and i'm not gonna like too, do too many like names here but i get a call from someone in the uk saying can i advertise in your voto app i see that you're ranked really high i want to get some ads and the app was actually he wanted to relaunch hot or not the old oh, yeah. website as oh, yeah. an app to compete against tinder and they had a lot of money and i'm like you know what i don't know how to put an ad in my app but i'll i'll help you do what we're doing with this influencer stuff so we went and did that for this uh, dating app company that now is a very big app. Um, not the not the hot or not one, but the evolution of what this guy owns and does is something that most people use every day. That are in the dating pool. Um, we we used that to the point where we broke a lot of the uh, apps out there. We Vine uh, we overused Vine to the point where they had to change the app because we took over the entire popular feed one one time in 2013 we we completely hijacked the entire app by paying every viner that would take our money to post about uh this hot or not app and it was uh we got the app to like second in the app store so it was hundreds of thousands millions of downloads so using, i mean using these in yeah. paper paper whatever download influencer strategy that 
would wouldn't work today, but it worked a fabulous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. N- none of that would work today, but it it goes to show your ability to recognize opportunities within the space. Total arbitrage. And, yes. and, 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 and then, and then and build on that. Yeah. yeah. And, and just because you can't do those very specific things today, doesn't mean that you can't do. No, the principle, out, out all the principles thing. are the same. It's yeah. just that the, everything's kind of gone up in price. The, yeah. the awareness of these influencers are, it's pretty ubiquitous. Now their prices that they charge, you can't get anything for $20 that's anymore. Right. And that's what someone will charge you if they have 4,000 followers. That's today. right. So it's the prices have gone up. The, uh, the algorithms have changed on all the networks. They're no longer, you know, just giving away. You can't just hit the pop popular right. page like you could in 2012 and vines, vines come and gone. You know, the, the whole network. That's not exactly even there. right. Yeah. So, so, so tell me this. You've gotten you, you. You got to the point where you recognized there are two sides to this. You have people who are searching for influencers, and you have influencers who are searching for for people who are willing to pay. Yes. There's a solution for that. And that's where there, I we, think we created comes that in. solution. Actually, that's 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 where Instafluence came in. Okay, the company that uh, that we sold to Disney in 2015. So we built that two-sided marketplace. We built this this list of all these people we paid. We put them all in, an, in a spreadsheet, right? And then we would go out to the brand and and hawk our list and go like, we can do crazy things in like one day if you give us a million dollars, we'll turn around and yeah. the whole world would be talking about you. Well, they bought because these are brands that needed to do big turnarounds. That's right. And so uh, we, we had a lot of sales and uh, executed a ton of stuff. We're probably one of the first or very, very, definitely the very beginnings of like these influencer marketing agencies. And we did really well. This is this is like this is like those companies that kept a spreadsheet of all the uh, websites they had uh, partnerships with and they just started selling links. Mm-hmm. Probably. Oh, you want you want link you want links on 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 yeah. here here's my menu. You just select where you want. I'll get I'll get you link. Compare me to those link two, those two, scammy link companies. Huffington Post. No 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 no. This, no this, <laughs> Forbes twenty five hundred. This is this is uh, come on. I mean this is old school stuff. This I mean people are still doing it even though yeah. you know it's not the best. But that you just described that right. Pretty Where much. early day influencer marketing, you just develop this partnership list and you yep. just go to people and you say here's my menu. Yep. And, I mean, the prices may be different and the outcome is different, yeah, but we, we didn't even show the menu. We just said, how many likes do you want? How many people do you want to reach? And they'd be like, let's hit 20 million people. I want 20 million impressions or eyeballs or, you know, 10,000 likes. And we're like, all right, we're going to activate as many people until we hit those metrics. And this is when we didn't have any software. This was like, load it up on your phone, write it down in the spreadsheet. I love yeah. that. Yeah. You know, get the link to the total post total early it, days, yeah. And th- this is when you're validating the idea. You validate the idea, and that's when you start executing. I wouldn't on even software say there was like a that. validation period. It was run. It was we were given a contract that pushed us into a corner to go make lots of money real quickly, and we weren't. We didn't have to validate anything. We weren't. We didn't ask for money. We were out running to just keep up with this contract we had with the with the dating app. Yeah. Um, and then we started getting tons of other requests to do the same thing and we just went full bore hired up you know 20 people within a few a few weeks it felt like and had a kickoff a conference a team building event and after that it was heads down and going crazy for a good year until uh we decided to see if someone wanted to incorporate this into their bigger company and so we we ended up at disney in uh, 2015 in july and that was uh right after the disney had bought this company called maker studios which was like a youtube uh called MCN multi-channel network. They, they had bought maker studios and maker studios was very heavy on YouTube and they needed a social component. 
like you know the rest of the networks instagram vine snapchat at the time twitter facebook so we uh, ended up there and so what did it look like at the time you sold because i mean you're talking about spreadsheets i imagine we're it, it probably spreadsheets we tried to pretend we we're technology i actually was tasked I, I i did some technology light you know tracking and uh you know system of record for all of these people we were using but we couldn't build fast enough for what we were doing at the end of the day google sheets is a pretty powerful and nimble system that most people even still at disney and most companies are are still on if they can if they because uh, it's, it's just hard to get off something as, as simple as that for you know some basic functions so when we when we sold we were basically a a uh, network you know a, we had paid a lot of people real money so we had a reputation and we had you know the addresses to pay at the, re the relationships the text messages of all these early influencers so you sold them your black book pulling the black book with a little bit of tech that we ended up throwing out and to sell you know like a, an opera a team yeah so they bought they brought the whole team in and operated out of clover city there for uh, still there most of them i'm um, not most of them i say most of them are not there but most of them stuck around for the two years where we were kind of doing what we call an earnout, where you kind of stick and around. you were there for the same period. i was there for the full year until i got the uh desire to come back here and also the bug to build something new which was the evolution of influencer marketing which uh was this i i saw a lot of problems with this pay to play this paying influencers money to shout out a brand they don't care about for the paycheck yeah i'm like this can't last forever and it was just all just all about likes and followers i'm like that's not gonna last forever there's gonna get, gonna get the networks are getting smarter the brands are gonna get smarter I better get smarter um, and stay ahead of this thing. So Wooly was created to kind of reverse engineer the whole problem. The software company I run right now is we don't even use the word influencer. What we do is we go and help brands directly find individuals in, inside of their actual customer base and people that are talking about them on social media. And we help brands build communities of their, their customers that like really love them. So, so would you say that you're more in the social listening space? No, we use social listening, but we're, we're, we're in, we're, we do, we do like community management. We have campaigns that you can activate in Wooly. You can, we can listen, but that's only up to the point of recruiting and doing you know, some data analytics and like, uh, not, not really, uh, it's not the core product. It's amazing. We have it. I love it. It's beautiful. You should see how our customers use it. But the main thing is activating and mobilizing your, your fans to, be influencers for you. Yeah. Me meaning the concept here is old school, old school going back, you know, three years, whatever. Yeah. yeah you, right. you, you go, you go to, you go to influencers and you say, we'll pay you money and, uh, and you schlep our stuff. Now you're saying you find the people who are already schlepping your stuff and you build a partnership and a relationship with them so that it's more effective, more, more, uh, authentic, effective, yeah, yeah. believable, uh, more scalable it's not transactional it's very um it's it's you're just becoming friends with this with this uh consumer that you that's have, right this customer and and they don't have to be the the million follower the hundred thousand follower the twenty thousand follower this is the story that i tell is that i've i'm no influencer i have 800 followers on facebook but i have moved personally with my own well one's very uh tracked it's uh because Tesla gives when I bought my Tesla I can I was given a code that I can actually use and I used it and shouted out on on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook where I had very few followers I mean less than 
10,000 combined and I moved over $3 million of these products. No, no, sorry. Not three million. Um, well, whatever it was eight, whatever eight Teslas was a hundred thousand each. So getting close almost to a million, million dollars, yeah. you know, from eight, from less than 8,000 followers total. So would, would I have been seen by as you know, from these big companies as an influencer? No, probably not. They'd totally overlooked me with the current model that was prominent at the time three years ago. How about my drones? I have moved easily forty, fifty thousand dollars of DJI drone products. Personally, going with people to buy them on Amazon and Best Buy, whatever, going and flying with them, teaching them. I'm not even that big of a drone aficionado, but I love, I love it enough, and I share the post on my small Facebook following, and have moved that much product. So, uh, that's that's the power of not influence. That's just the power of making content around the products and brands that people love to a to a connected, you know, uh, true audience. And so 800 can, is plenty for, uh, so you just imagine like, if you start thinking about it that way, like everybody is an influencer and every brand has customers who can be influential for them. You just have to figure out how to get them to share and talk about your brand and, and tell their story. So Wooly is that enabler that we, we think that you can go for that long tail and have really big outcomes. And I know most of the you know founders here in Utah that have e-commerce companies, and they are all telling me the same story. Their most effective influencer was the mom with two thousand followers that you know that they gave her a code and she moved hundreds of bags from two thousand followers versus paying they went and paid ten thousand dollars to Omega, and it was a little blip. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's that's where we're at right now. If you the cross I mean, if we're looking at influencer marketing today, and I think it's going to evolve even more. Um, and I don't, you know, I don't know if it's influencer marketing, if it's advocacy marketing, ambassador marketing, community, fan, whatever we're going to end up calling this thing. But it's going to keep changing. And the cool thing is, is the the inter, the price to enter is very small um, as far as if you're a brand or if you are a creator. You you there's almost something for everybody to go start getting involved in this world and and either create something for a brand or be a brand, a small little startup, and and find a way to start. Uh, having people share your story. Yeah. So you mentioned that you don't use the word influencer. What word do you use? Uh, we just try to avoid it for several reasons. Just because it has, it's, I mean, it has connotation. The fire festival didn't help a lot. You know, these things. Oh, I loved that. That was, yeah, I, I love. Okay. I, did you watch the I watched documentary one of on them. that? I can't remember. Netflix one. Maybe. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I love that. It's good. It's, it's actually really so, good. So you call them anything other than that is yeah. what you're saying. And, and the funny thing is the fire festival actually, the influencer part actually really worked. Yeah, it did. It was the, the rest of the stuff that didn't work because they weren't everything else together. Yeah. The organizer. But they, what the thing that broke it was they did a great job using social media influence. Um, but there's just a little bit of a stigmatization, you know, when you see people on LinkedIn saying, I'm an influencer. It's just, it's a little, it's just kind of funny to see that. And uh, what does it really mean? And how influential are they really? I mean, people that say that, I probably think they are probably not that influential if that's like the tag they're trying that's to put right. on their yeah. thing. And the real influencers are probably, they know that what they're doing and they're, they don't need to talk about it. So it's just kind of a weird, it's just a weird uh, word. Um, but it's still out there and there's still the pay to play. Like, you know, I'm talking about what I think, you know, this long tail micro influencers, ambassador stuff. That's, that's where we like to talk, but there's still more than ever a strong, uh, ecosystem of paying people to talk about your brand. Just the brands are a little smarter now. They can, they can see if you have fake followers, they can, yeah. they, they want, I mean, to, it still works. It still works great. It still works. No, it, 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 it doesn't works. work for everybody, but it doesn't work for it, everyone. You got to be picky. You got to, do the right things, build relationships with them. You don't want to just go out there and, you know, 
pay a bunch and sp spray and pray type of thing, but um, it still works and brands are still doing it a ton. And I even have that a petfluence company. I have a company out in LA called Petfluence where it's all pet influencers and people pay a lot of money more so than sometimes what they pay a human to get a pet to talk about their brand. So is this basically, <laughs> is this just, is this a company that's, that's a knockoff of the company you sold Disney just for pets? Yeah, I mean, this isn't like a Wooly type no, thing. No, Wooly's is a, a software. Yeah. Wooly's a, Wooly allows brands to do everything I'm talking about in-house. What I sold to Disney was a service, right? An agency. Petfluence was just a, happened to have a friend who had the URL and wanted to do it. And That's he, just a different tab on your Google Sheets. You're like people and pets. And, and, <laughs> exactly. and, and you sold Disney the one tab and we, you we kept told, the other one for yourself. We, we sold in the people uh, tab and we kept pets and... Uh, you know, I don't know what there's what other categories are going to start coming out from pets. There's maybe something else to come out, but right now it's yeah, it's it's either real people. Well, there is another category of these themed accounts. There's actually we had a lot of those. What we call themed, what we call internally themed accounts were these accounts that like show memes or big houses or movie quotes. Yeah, there's people that run massive massive totally. accounts that are just like jokes and things like that. You don't really know a person behind it. You just kind of see highlights from the latest basketball game or whatever and it's just kind of a themed account so that's kind of three categories real people <laughs> themed you know kind of yeah. just counts that are around a subject and then yeah and then pets are you still involved in the pets uh company we own the pet company oh you do oh yeah. it's under it's ironically it just kind of ended up that way but like yeah we have a little sheet is it growing like what's a a... icon it's 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 run by minimal amount of people but it's uh actually doing quite well for because people still need the strategic activate they people still want you know we we have big clients that uh want to you know the bark boxes of the world and these and not even pet brands it's actually people brands yeah i was just going to ask what, what are what are some clients that you've had that are just like out of the blue they're just like we we want we want to capture our pet I, owner well intel is this you know big company that loves uh to do you know unique advertising campaigns and they wanted to get people to update their app their up their, their computer you know for like security reasons yeah. and just an awareness campaign so they used cats to be you know update meow hashtag update meow was this massive campaign where all the cats <laughs> were telling the world to you know go and update your 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 system you know just just to it's just like buckle your seatbelt awareness campaign like go buckle your seat but it was a uh, update your computer and cats were the spokespersons and is that something that like how do you measure success on that like what's the metric you what, what on KPIs that, on are that one it's um it's actually quite easy to measure uh it's there was a little you know there's some giveaways they did with like a cat in the can that they would send out to i mean it was weird but uh <laughs> they they it was it was effective and the, and the way that influencer marketing is mostly measured two ways two or three let me let me explain how how this work and I'll, the cat one's interesting so so the the you, you add up all these likes and all these impressions right if it's on instagram or if it's on youtube you know you try to you try to put together all the the things that happen from all these accounts that you've hired to talk about the campaign and and it's just a a very very raw weird number that has a lot of different meanings but let's say you had a hundred hundred million impressions right and fifty thousand five thousand five million likes whatever i don't i mean whatever the ratio is there's an earned media value that is assigned to a lot of these likes on Facebook and Instagram and whatever. And so, so there's, there's no real science to it. It's just like, what is a like worth to you? What is the last white paper to say a like on Instagram or an impressions worth? And they add that up and there's calculators and they go like, Oh, this was a, 
our earned media value for this campaign that cost us, you know, $250,000 got us $5 million of PR value or earned media value. Um, you could also compare it to like, what would it cost you on Facebook to go buy that much uh, impressions and clicks or ads or whatever. Yeah. So, that, so there is some also comparative like, you know, like what we, we it's not organic because it's actually paid essentially, yeah. but it's organic in the sense that you paid someone to make uh, organic post and so it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't an ad on these networks so they just kind of there's comparisons to that too like what would it have been equivalent equivalency of buying the ad paid and then the thing that people do really well is they actually make influencer content and then buy ads against that content because the influencer content always does a little bit better than a brand just trying to make their own content yeah we always want to see michael jordan talk about the shoes i don't want to see i don't want to see like the spokesperson i, I mean it, that's, that's why they don't even have spokesperson like those big companies only have influencers talking about the product. But a lot of brands like try to tell their message like straight from the brand. And it's just like, no one cares. I don't yeah. want to hear the brand tell their story. I want to hear the the users and the, the uh, people that the personas that represent that brand. So a lot of people are boosting influencer content now with paid media. Yeah. We've been, t we've been talking about, uh, I mean, we've been talking about a couple of different things. Influencers as people typically see it are like the Michael Jordans and the, you know, Jenners and Kardashians yeah. of the world. Um, you can pay them and, and companies do pay them and they have a huge broad reach. But what you're talking about are what some people call micro influencers where their circle or their sphere of influence is a lot smaller, but you're getting a lot more of them. So you're, you may be covering the same breadth of, of yeah. reach, but yeah. through more people than just one. Yeah. And I would say that that rarely happens. And what I mean by that is like, it is much easier for me to go pay $100,000 to get a mega creator to talk about, you know, Sonic. Or I remember we, yeah, we had a, we had this awesome creator called Zach Keen. He's like this video expert. He makes these magic tricks on, on Instagram. You go look him up. Mm -hmm. Millions of followers on both Instagram and uh, YouTube. And he's expensive. Hundreds of thousands of dollars to make content with him. But it's so good. It reaches so many people. The headache that I'd have to go to go pay micro-influencers to get that same reach it's it, however many transactions it's a lot of yeah. like little micro payments a lot of little emails back and forth now luckily technology is trying to catch up and build like you know you go out and you do a bid system like i want this i'm gonna pay this much and you can come take that gig and do the things and we'll pay out the things you know and it's like kind of works doesn't no one's really been successful there because you kind of get bottom of the barrel when you when you have a bidding system on that the people that are going to go out and like go try to find an influencer gig or never the best influencers and so you just people that experiment with that usually have a, 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 a less than positive experience with influencer marketing when they go to those networks um so the problem with what that whole idea is yes i love micro influencers i love working with the smaller groups but scaling that out has hasn't really been tackled um it's been tackled hasn't been automated no one's done it really well it's yeah. not like ad buying where you can just spend as much money as you want one day on Facebook, you know, and, or as little like that's that's really, uh, uh, that's really automated. And, and, um, and the influencer hasn't seen that quite yet. And there's a lot of companies you can Google that tell you they do it. I've never seen one that's like, do you think any of these platforms will build it natively? Um, I think that's what Instagram just did with uh, their e-commerce. They, they, they know, they know that so many dollar bills are leaving their ecosystem for these influencers, yeah. for these brands to pay individuals to do awareness campaigns or put swipe up links. And they said to themselves, 
we could probably be like a, you know, an intermediary. We, to, we can probably let people check out. Let's build a little store. You know, we're the biggest company in the world for the most part. It's Facebook. Why don't we just go build a build a little e-commerce, a micro Shopify, and let let people let brands put inventory or you know their, their their some of their inventory on on this little widget we're gonna make and let shop shopping happen in our feed. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. It's brilliant. Why? Because they're gonna they're gonna get some transact. They're gonna get something out of that. Totally. And they're capturing what was previously escaping that network. You know, it was going to it was it was being done in the periphery, and that's now right. it's going to happen. Yeah, there there are some cut. platforms that have figured that out. Like uh, even even our podcasting platform that we use, which is Anchor. Oh yeah, I know Anchor. That's it cool. uh, you can create a podcast, you throw it out there, and then you just flip a toggle switch that says, "Yeah, I'm willing to earn some money," and then they they offer up brands who want to be featured in, uh, featured in your podcast That's brilliant and then and then they pay it pays through the, the platform and you get paid based on however many listens Wonderful. you get that's great that's awesome and i think youtube figured out too youtube I mean, they has just, it they, yeah. they made it monetize they just made it so your your content was instantly monetizable when you reached certain levels um twitch has has gone a step further and and just made it possible for people to just gift people money they, yep, here they have just have money you just have money it's crazy <laughs> i don't even get that yeah. Like no. it's a, what is it? A tipping, it's a, a tipping, tipping system? donation system. Yeah. That's I, awesome. I don't play on Twitch too much, but I know that there are definitely people monetizing there. And that's the, that's the problem is like some of the networks have lost, um, their influencer edge, like Snapchat for a while had a lot of creators that migrated away because they didn't really have a way to support, you know, whether it be the data that they revealed that could help you tell the brand that you were effective on yeah, there yeah, or, yeah. or just didn't have any monetization built in. Snapchat's not hurting per se, but they definitely lost the creator space pretty pretty early on a few years ago and they all migrated elsewhere. Um, and they, they never wanted to be a social network. They always wanted to be a messaging platform. So it's, it works for them, I think. But I, I think recently some of my friends at Snapchat told me that they want to get back into it. They're like, dang it, kind of, we'd love to kind of bring some of them back home for yeah. some of our content. Um, Vine definitely never figured out in time. Twitter uh, is one that's just never figured out, and they don't want it. I don't think they want it. They even bought a company to influence their marketing called Niche, and uh, I think that company actually executes campaigns on non-Twitter properties like <laughs> like uh, Instagram and stuff. So go figure. But uh, t- you know, Twitter's just had an interesting. They've always bought a few things that just never quite, whether it be. Uh, Periscope that had promise at one point um, that was a Twitter property or yeah I remember that or oh. Vine was you know in conjunction I think it was Twitter funded and backed and they just can never Twitter Twitter's obviously an amazing platform and not you know not 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 outstandingly performing but not also you know public and doing okay and has you know I think Donald Trump probably saved them a little bit but yeah really uh, so Periscope officially it's gone I don't know about Per Periscope I know it's Mir- still, it's I know still alive I know Meerkat Meerkat just, died that's out. Periscope, yeah, Periscope might have been integrated possibly into like the Twitter product of maybe some of their, maybe it's like a live, maybe it's a feature that now inside of t- t- Twitter you can go live, you know, like yeah. you've got LinkedIn, you can go oh, live yeah, yeah, now yeah. or something. Yeah. Maybe they did something like that and they used the, the developers and codec to like go build upon Twitter. But uh, yeah, there's, it's just, you know, I can say that being an influencer space long enough, I, I don't. We never hear like I want to run a massive Twitter campaign. Yeah, really. Yeah, I don't hear much about Pinterest, although that's rebounding a bunch. Um, you don't hear much about Facebook at all because Facebook just doesn't uh, support 
it's it's very much for friends um mm -hmm. and they don't you know a personal facebook page can't even grow beyond a certain amount and then you have to have more of like a public profile page or a and those have been really throttled recently. They don't get organic reach like they did five years ago. You have to kind of boost and stuff. And everyone's kind of worried that that's going to happen on Instagram. But Instagram's, I think, going to keep it the best they can and saying keep keep the track they're going on because it's not don't fix what's not broken. You know, don't don't change it too much. And I think that's why the shopping is going to come into it. They're gonna they're gonna try to monetize outside of of like taking away the organic reach of these users. Yeah. And they already have taken a ton of it away. But if they went to the Facebook level where it just yeah, that, yeah, yeah those that Facebook pages got self-destruct on that. Yeah, yeah. YouTube did buy Famebit. Yep, YouTube, uh, Google bought Famebit. Which, oh yeah, what, what, I've never heard of Famebit. What is that? It's just like a marketplace. So, like, I I'm actually on it with the Tech Audit TV thing. I think you have to have um, five thousand subscribers minimum to get accepted. Yeah, and you basically go on and pick a category. So, I I could pick tech. And then there's companies who have headphones and chargers or whatever, and they want those products to be reviewed. So they would say, oh, I've got these Bluetooth headphones. We're willing to pay up to $500. Uh, and here's the details of like what would need to happen. The and criteria. then you can, you can essentially apply and say, yes, I would do that and I'll do it for 300. Yeah. And then they can choose to accept or not. So whether you're gonna get quality type, cause yeah, like you said, usually the, the best. just doing pretty good. They're probably the best. And I think it was cause they focused on YouTube, which was a good, Kind of place to start. YouTube's doing good, yeah. I, I, I mean, does it incentivize the influencer to lie about the review? Like, do, I, you get, I, do they I, get paid? I have absolutely. I mean, you're not gonna think about it if you if you want to keep doing these gigs and you're gonna do a bad review. I don't. I don't. I think you'd probably like. Thank you, but you won't be participating in our next release of headphones. So, <laughs> it's it's there's definitely a lot of unboxing. That's probably uh, you know if it's if it's paid, biased. it's probably yep. biased. But I think a lot of it's actually pretty people that grow their own accounts and do it the right way and, and are unbiased are the ones you want to follow because they're not relying on paid gigs they're actually really putting their own money up and buying this stuff well, i can't imagine you lasting very long if you're saying oh these headphones are the best and then everyone buys them and yeah they just come trash your comment section yeah exactly so i, I think it's interesting and nothing bad to say about them they're um they were kind of around the same time we were acquired they were acquired by google and niche was acquired by twitter and uh Facebook hasn't yet to acquire one, but I think they were looking at one that from when I talked to the CEO that had a company doing something similar. So, you know, they kind of, everyone kind of made their decision. None, none of these acquisitions are big. Not ours wasn't, none, none of them were actually maker studios. The YouTube one was, it was more of a, it was a big acquisition, way too big. Wasn't a good one either for, for Disney, but, um, it was not quite an inf It was a different, it was more YouTube creator network they bought. MCN that could monetize itself and uh, I don't want to go in that on this podcast but uh, yeah I, I think I think that what you see the fame bits of the world are what give me hope not give me hope it's it's what they're trying to solve that's still hard to solve like going on to a network trying to find headphones and you know bidding on and stuff like that I, I just look at it and I kind of laugh because I'm like headphone company come find me at Wooly and we'll actually activate real users to make real good content that mm -hmm. you don't even have to ship the product out. It's on their ear, ears already. Um, and so there's just a lot of white, no, a white space to still be filled. Yeah. It's got, it's got to be frustrating being in your space where you're trying to anticipate where the field is going. Yeah. Uh, and you see all these companies, whether they're big or small, you know, putting their pennies together to make sure that they're paying out these huge influencers yeah. when you see, and, and, and it's easy, it, it, any social listening tool 
You just go out there and you say, look, I, I, within 10 seconds, I can put in a couple of key phrases into this tool and it'll, it'll spit out a bunch of people who are already talking uh, positively yeah. about your brand yep. uh, and you're overlooking it. It's one of those like, you know, slap your face moments. Yeah. I mean, not, not, they're not all overlooking it. Luckily some are doing the social listening and they're responding to comments. But it's hard when you're a big company like Stance or something and you've got a lot of commenting happening or let's go bigger. Like you know, some of these airlines have a ton of positive and negative. Yeah. And listening can only go. A lot of the listening is very defensive right now. People are using listening to kind of try to put out fires or to, you know, do customer response and stuff to customer care. But I think customer care should turn into proactive stuff where you actually are listening and then recruit that individual that likes your brand into a more a more legit relationship where you're putting them into your ambassador community. So that's, that's the whole thing is we use social to not to like put out little fires and, 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 you know, try to solve your problem. We actually look for the outliers that are real net promoters of the brand. And then we put them into a, a, a recruitment, you know, kind of customer journey where yeah. we, we, we offer them some stuff and say, do you want to get closer to us? We're love to throw you this thing. And, uh, just for saying thanks and if you, you know, want to do more and join the team we'll give you free things every week or every month or we'll have an event that we'll invite you to annually and stuff so there's a lot of different brands do it differently how they build their communities but that's how we see social listening is just trying to use that as a recruitment a place that you can recruit these these that's kind of the 80 20 world 80, 20 percent of your customers are like moving the needle for you yeah and you want to you, you don't want to treat them all the same because you can't you definitely don't want to be like missing opportunities for that 20% just while you chase these, this long tail of maybe 80% that are you know, maybe one time customers. So we really want to make sure that you find those 20, take care of them, treat them like Kings, Queens and have a, and, and have a community for them and, a, and a, a program for them essentially yeah. that they can be a part of if they want to, if they opt into it. So. Which, which isn't a new concept. I mean, this is leveraging user generated content, which has been a digital marketing tactic for a long time. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's probably a little bit more hyper-focused on, on, uh, on the people who are already doing it rather than m yeah. maybe setting that up. So uh, and user generated content is just one thing we would also, if you're in a community, there's more you can do. You can, you can ask your customers for feedback on future products. Like what color do you like? What, what, how about, how about the users getting together and talking to each other, you know, on, in a, in a different format or being in, in, in live like events together. So UGC is one thing, but we also think that once you have built a community, you're not just making social media content with them. You're actually, you're actually doing a lot more. You could actually be giving them a private shopping experience potentially like, uh, Susan Peterson with Freshly Picked locally is, she's she's got a fringe membership. She's mm -hmm. she has a membership now, where she is, where they're they're coming in like Amazon Prime, paying money to be a part of the brand and get a special shopping experience, an exclusive Facebook group to kind of talk to, amongst each other. That's where it's going. Lululemon's doing that. There's other people doing these amazing, um, you know, amazing communities that I, I that that's just where I see it going. Is is great if you have influencers in that community but you get that community first because that community can be your whole marketing team if you do it right the more influencers you have in there awesome if you have influencers who love your brand want to be part of your community yeah no i like that i like that idea so tell me this if uh if if we were to kind of sum this up uh and and talking about brands and best practice in influencer marketing or, or however you want to label it 
what, what would that be? Uh, let me clarify a little bit. So a brand is like, should we get into influencer marketing? What, what are the questions they should ask themselves to determine what platform, who, what, when, I, I mean, wh where do they start? <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's really depends on the brand's um, industry. So if it's a consumer brand that has already, it's very natural to like use social media already for your brand because you have products or whatever. Um, then Instagram is just, it's just kind of a very visual platform you got to go to. If you're a SaaS company like me at Wooly and I, I have Instagram, I could do something on Instagram with my limited time. I'm all over LinkedIn. That's my thing. It's where I go because I'm speaking to other buyers mm -hmm. about, you know, about marketing strategies and stuff like that. So I think a big thing is understanding what is your, where is your brand's audience? Where is your person, the persona that you want to uh, reach? Or are they, you know, if you're an older brand, you're doing supplements for 40 year olds, um, 40 year old women, you're probably wanting to go over to Facebook and, and build a really cohesive strategy there. So my first thing would be, you know, in fact, reach out to me, like maybe put my email in this <laughs> podcast, or whatever, but I'd love to like help people talk this through, but I think you've got to find out, uh, where, where, where in most, most brands already know this. It's not, I'm not revealing anything, but it, once you do know this, it definitely changes whether Pinterest is, you know, we were talking to a big company, um, an arts and craft company, big, big chain. I can't remember, but it's one of the biggest ones. I think Joanne's Pinterest is their game. That's all they care about. Mm -hmm. They don't care about, I mean, yes, Twitter, uh, Instagram's up there. Who knows if they even have a Twitter account, probably just for customer care. So, so once you kind of know where your audience lives and where they're active, then that's kind of where you want to start. And then the next thing is, I would say, uh, if you don't know your customers by like, if you don't know who these advocates are that are already either talking, buying, shouting you out, um, you've got to, you've got to build really quickly an ambassador team just as Nike built their athlete teams. And like, that's for everybody. That's not just, a, you don't have to just make athletic um, clothing to put together awesome sponsors that wear it everywhere. You should be doing that if you are Joann's, if you're Toyota, if you're Southwest Airlines, if you're Code Epoxy here locally or Purple Mattresses, it doesn't matter who you are, put together your athletes, put together your team. These are your, these are your, this is your front line. The Monstars. Yeah, every brand can do that. I don't care if you're a Kickstarter doing your first thing go find your first five or 10 ambassadors. Sometimes you have to pay them. You might have to beg and grovel. I don't care what you do, but to go out and not do that and, and then and instead go and like buy media only. And like, I mean, no, like put a face, put humans behind your, your story right from the get go. I don't care if you're, I don't care if you have a no dollars in, in, you know, in your bank account. Like this is, this is the best part about it is it's free. If you can actually convince a human to like, you know, share your story, they're, they're out there. I do it for a ton of brands. I, I love certain brands and certain companies and I, I, I give shout outs for free on LinkedIn all the time and boost and you know, boost their, their stuff. Cause I love what they're doing. So these ambassadors that you're, that you're talking about, would you want to focus on that specific platform that you've identified your audiences on and then grab the ambassadors off of those? Or is it just any yeah, customer? Probably a little of both. Like if it's, if, uh, you know, again, if you find those top 10 and there's eight that are really strong here and two that are really strong there like you're not going to get them like to convert to another thing it's not, right. not as effective so just you know, try to have them make content it you'll find that most brands audiences live heavily somewhere like right. for whatever reason um it's it's, it's usually going to fall like if you're in financial or tech twitter's pretty big if you're in gaming it's you're going to be looking at twitch and twitter if you're in 
uh, beauty you're it's it's definitely youtube and and instagram yeah if uh if you're like i said if you're in supplements targeted an older generation it's all about facebook um facebook's actually about yeah everything if you're ad buying facebook has kind of covers the whole gamut um, and it's instagram too so it's hard to just it's all kind of one big conglomerate messenger is going to be in there pretty soon it's going to be one big i think the ad buying and how you do facebook will all be in like one console here pretty soon and the messaging and stuff they're combining all that um so yeah i don't think i don't think i think that's going to be answered pretty quickly for you you're just going to see where are people talking about us where is it already happening naturally who is our target who's our target market and what what network most aligns with them yeah there's a lot of low-hanging fruit if you can find a new network to kind of get active on whether it be medium or like we were doing with vine back in the day you can definitely find some arbitrage opportunities to go find really low cost impressions on emerging networks. Um, TikTok is a big one right now for certain brands. If you're Nickelodeon, you're all over TikTok. Why? Because that audience is, you know, 10 to 16 or something. A lot of females there and it's a global, global, it's, it's crazy the usage on there. So you definitely just have to like, you know, do the main, do the, do the, do your treatment and your, 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 your obvious main meals of Instagram and stuff like that. Don't, don't have a website where you actually don't even have a link to your, the, the, uh, accounts that you're, or the, uh, networks you're on, right. but then be looking, be opportunistic and look for some new emerging, uh, where audiences are being born. And that is, that's definitely Twitch for a lot of brands right now. They're trying to figure out how to get there. Some of the biggest thing, Fortnite. I mean, the biggest collaborations of the recent have all been on Fortnite, uh, where big brands are putting massive money, whether it's Star Wars or, or Marvel or whatever. They just did a massive thing. You've got musicians doing concerts in there. Those are, those are all just influencer plays at scale. That's how brands are doing it. These collaborations, just brand-to-brand collaborations happening now. So there's Fortnite, a, man. Talk about a modern-day phenomenon. You yeah, know what right. I mean? It's, it's insane. You yeah. ever play that, Brandon? I never have. I thought about it once. Watched, I think and I didn't. It, right? I think I played people. one I, time. Yeah, I've watched people play. Like I'm, I'm aware of it. But and I've, I've thought about playing, but I knew there's a chance I could just get hooked on it. So I'm like, that's exactly. Yeah, right. that's why I don't, don't have the time. <laughs> like I don't have time for cocaine. <laughs> do you have? Like you mentioned TikTok. Are you on TikTok? Like, I, do you find yourself? I used to be getting on, into the networks I early. My, I actually have it on my phone. I have not opened. It. I downloaded it months ago. But uh, it used to be TikTok's kind of the evolution of what used to be called um do you guys remember the other one sorry there's another they're both from china they're big hold on it'll come to me it used to be called a weird little app i I actually don't even like i've seen tiktok ads everywhere it's everywhere but i don't i I know it has to do with video but what what the heck is it yeah yes i remember I remember Gary yeah, Vaynerchuk you, we, we saying, about Musical.ly is the future. And I never really bought into it. It seemed like Musical.ly kind of died. Then TikTok came along. I thought this seems like the same thing where people were yeah, basically doing it's, voiceovers. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same group. It's, I think it's ByteDance, which is a big conglomerate. In but how do brands TikTok. get, like, you, you get big on on tiktok because you're good looking or you do yeah, brands, a funny way of doing brands it. Like, have a harder time they don't is it just product placement like oh you're wearing a exactly, pepsi shirt yeah yeah like at disney we actually paid musically artists to kind of help us with the moana uh, launch and we paid these because they're singing right so we mm-hmm. paid all these kids to kind of sing the song i mean this is this is official like we had to make sure that it wasn't the copa laws exist because we're paying youth right so mm-hmm. we had to go through the whole thing and but we got a lot of great exposure on a new platform 
at Disney, um, which is cool for them to you know do kind of get early. They were early on Snapchat with filters too, um, because there's a lot of inexpensive views there. And these kids are reaching millions of people, mm-hmm. million. Some of the biggest influencers are actually on TikTok for you know for follower and engagement numbers are insane. Kids just put this down while they like get ready for school and just watch other kids get ready for school at the same time. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense to me, but yeah. I'm not 14. Weird. Actually, I have a 13 year old and it actually does make more sense than I think about it. <laughs> okay. I get it now. Uh, okay. So, 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 uh, w- uh, we could go down this hole for a long time. We're actually at the point where we need to transition into roulette. Hmm. So we're going to transition to digital marketing roulette. Brandon's going to queue up the, um, roulette table. Uh, for those of you who's uh, who are listening for the first time, we've got a roulette table here. Brandon's going to randomly throw the ball. It's going to land on a number. And that number is going to correspond with a question that we're going to ask Scott and uh, and get to know him a little bit better. We probably have time for one or two questions here, depending on how uh, in-depth and interesting uh, Scott <laughs> is on this topic. Uh, okay, that landed on number seven which uh, the question for that is uh, what social network do you personally spend the most time on and why? Yeah. Instagram. We know uh, it's not TikTok. Not TikTok. No, that's a hundred percent easy to answer. It's LinkedIn for me. LinkedIn. Everyone go connect with me, Scott Paul on LinkedIn. You'll see me. I'm very active there because it's um, generated a lot of leads for my company. As I tell stories about, you know, this, what, what we're talking about today, I'll, t- I'll tell that this story, I'll take snippets out of like learnings and stuff from this space and make a piece of content or video. So is it usually video or do you do actually, posts? Do a lot, or? It's actually more on the post content. And then sometimes I'll interview some of like the, I do a lot of angel investing. So I'll interview one of the investments, uh, companies that invested in a lot of consumer companies and I just want to give them exposure. And so a lot of my videos actually, um, talking about other companies or other people, I like, I like to try to give as it's like a mic i want to try to be like a micro shark tank on linkedin so that my it's like episodic content where uh, i'm introducing new things and getting feedback from the LinkedIn community yeah uh, we were just talking to aj wilcox who is like the bomb bomb diggity at linkedin aj's the linkedin uh he's the ad buying bomb diggity he knows ads more than anybody else but we were just talking about how uh, LinkedIn is one and whether they fix this or not. And I, I'll, I'll put, I'll put air quotes around fix because it's not really broken, but, uh, how much engagement is around LinkedIn posts right now? You don't need a huge following in order to have, uh, hundreds of thousands of, of reach, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I only have 13,000 followers or connections, but my posts will always, um, do well over 10,000 each. So that's like, well over 70 percent oh yeah of, and then and then and then that's the minimum i have probably one in three or four posts will get into the 20 to thirty thousand, and then i've had a few that are in the hundreds of thousands and we and we know people you know link, actually aj's in a small little group of linkedin experts on linkedin where we put a group together of the no you know people that do this all day long and try to understand the algorithms and um we have some people in there who've had 28 million views per post one post some had you know 14 5 3 and what other network do you get that? No, you don't. I mean, you don't. That's like going viral on 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 YouTube. In that's the right. Old day. That's and right. So, so something's cool with LinkedIn where it will, where it's not it's not related to the actual um, followers you have. It's not one of those algorithms that can actually break free. 
yeah, Brandon was asking AJ whether or not uh, LinkedIn is going to like plug that. What it may seem like Probably a, plug a it. hole. Yeah, it's a, I'm going to use it while I can. Yeah. but I definitely think it's going to get um, it's going to get changed, not plugged, because it's actually what's helping LinkedIn kind of grow as a social network is they actually have a feed and there's stuff going on. What I think they'll plug soon is. Um, a lot of repurposed content that's not owned people are using to you know they'll take something um some cool like robotic video that's posted from a news organization and repurpose it and without you know without real attribution, attribution or anything i mean like that. luckily the there's usually a burn-in or some type of uh, watermark in the video so you know it's coming from cheddar or from business insider yeah. or whatever but i do think uh I do think they need to clean up YouTube when, and YouTube and Facebook had to go through a pretty big cleanups when uh, with copyright stuff. Um, so I think that will happen. And then there's just a lot of uh, like the live product they're trying to launch is a little bit uh, interesting. It doesn't really make sense. Like I'm not ever watching. I'm not sitting down to use LinkedIn to go watch someone for like 20 minutes. And I think mostly audio's off. And so I think they're playing <laughs> around with that right now and trying to figure out. And it's obnoxious because every time someone goes live, I get a, I get a, you get, a, notification. I get a notification. I just unfollow them. And so I think if the people that in this little group I have, this mastermind group, have said, like, oh, I'm never going live. Like, the second I did, I lost like a quarter of my following. Yeah. So I think they're going to have to figure that out. Um, how are they going to, if it's really a network for long form content mm -hmm. and live video? Um, they definitely investing heavy in it. So probably find something out there, but it's 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 not a layback experience quite yet, like a, a YouTube is, and um, and so it's you know they're a little bit they're a little a little bit of an identity, you know, trying to figure out who they are and what they are. But it's it's, it's which is crazy considering how long they've been around. They're the old. It's, al it's almost like the the midlife crisis. Like they're yeah. they're they're going through this. <laughs> well, they're thing not hurting. They're doing no, they're definitely wonderfully. Not. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Part of Microsoft now and earlier than they were out before Facebook. I mean, oh, yeah. They're, they're the original network in a lot of ways. Um, so Them and yeah. Goodreads. What's that? I think Goodreads has oh, been Goodreads, around yeah, for a really long time. Sure. That's, that's my favorite social network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think we've got time for one more quick one, Brandon. All right. So LinkedIn. In the wheel. Where do you spend most of your time? YouTube? Lately, it's been LinkedIn because the reach has been crazy. And then now with 90 Cent Floor, I'm more B2B focused. So I'm trying to... B2B. experiment there it's the only one's really the only one for b2b twitter too, um but. number 28 all right this one was uh put on the board especially for you so i'm glad it fell on this one uh <clears throat> what influencer you don't have to name names has been like a nightmare to work with and do you have a story no i, I, I want him to name names <laughs> if you can't name names, no, why, why would you preface divas that? where it's just like you are ridiculous of course he has. Of course he has. Some are local. I can't do that. The chance of them hearing this will happen. That's true. So, so exclude local ones. Uh, but I, I want you, I want you to name somebody. I actually don't. So here's the honest truth. Like I was VP. They're of all my children. Disney. No, no. I I got to I got to play in the technology side of the thing, and I would hear stories from our team that would have to go fly out with people. There's this kid, I can't remember his name, but I'll just kind of tell the story. But yeah, he he was, we had a deal with the Grammys and it was, um, we had to go to like, it was it was a, an activation from maybe T-Mobile or Intel. I can't remember who it was, but we hired this guy, this kid. It was really up and coming, kind of like a Jake Paul at the time. And uh, I honestly don't you know, no, he's probably massive right now, but I just don't care to know the name. And it was like, he had to go like hang out with Lady Gaga or something like that. And we had to host two, we had to have two of our, our, uh, 
you know, reps kind of go around with them and just the stories, just all the stories that you could imagine happening with someone who got too big too fast and their head's way too big and they're still like 15, 16. Uh, all those stories are, you know, just imagine the worst of it comes through, like just total defiant, won't listen, try, like, it's, it's just LA, you know, these youth that it's, I, I couldn't imagine like a worse <laughs> thing to like have to do is like to hang around these talent who have, who have garnished millions of followers without ever like going through puberty and don't even know like real world anymore. Yeah. It's like hanging it's, out with King Joffrey. Yes. It's bad. So it's, and then, and a lot of them, and it happens to the, it happens to the, to the, uh, adults too. I mean, there's, I've had to watch plenty of people go from zero fame to, you know, rock star status and, and they change. Most of them are actually, you know, still reply to me here and there and stuff on text. And so that's a good thing. But you, you change when you have, when you're a celebrity. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, I, I'm not going to really name names, but all the stories exist. But I will say that surprisingly, um, surprisingly, like, there's there's just a ton of good people too that, that make content and are super uh, personable. And I just got hit up by this What's Inside guy the other day, Mark. Uh, Markham, Dan Markham, and he's you know just a nice guy. He's like, hey, I, he remembers I used to work with Purple, and he's yeah. like, he wants a Purple mattress, and very amicable, very uh, friendly, and uh, you know that was I love seeing that. And you know Garrett G from Bucket List Family is a close friend, and worked with him for uh, years, and he's quick to reply. I just talked to him yesterday. Just busy, probably busiest person out there, but um, you know hasn't hasn't got to his head too much. Uh, sorry, Garrett, not no. <laughs> qualifier, not too much, but no. Uh, he'll never, he doesn't have time for this. He doesn't have time to listen to like, you know some my requests on text. So if he heard this, it'd be great. Um, there, most of most of them have uh, are pretty awesome. So I'm not going to name. I, I'd actually probably name how awesome people are. Um, I, my my thing would be, go get awesome. Go get big. Go be an influencer, and don't change. Like go go give back. Like if, I just want more influencers to like get give. Give uh, get behind a cause. Use that influence for anything but, you know, making people feel crappy about themselves and hawking goods. And yeah. that's a lot of them are still in that stage. Unfortunately, it's like, and go call so- your mom. <laughs> 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 All right, right now I'm doing it. Here we go. All right, fun. well we're we're out of time. Uh, Scott, thanks so much for coming on the show, man. This is uh, this is a really interesting topic that's going to continue to evolve. Uh, I'm looking forward to see how Wooly if you've guessed it right, if this is the direction that influencer marketing is going. Um, if, if, if you're listening now and you've enjoyed this episode, we ask you and invite you to leave a positive review on iTunes or any other podcasting platform that you're listening on. Uh, you feel free to reach out. Scott, you want to, you want to shout out your email? Yeah, probably the best email. If it's an inquiry for, you know, what I do, um, it's just Scott at Wooly app. Oh, sorry. No, it's just Wooly.com. That's W-O-O-L-Y.com. So Scott, Scott at Wooly.com. Yeah, but uh, LinkedIn is probably the go-to. So I'm pretty open to re- accepting any requests there. And uh, you can definitely see my personality and what I like to do and um, believe in by just kind of browsing Cruising my content. His, yeah, totally. Connect there. And... Uh, yeah, I, I love helping. I love helping out, and you know, and and, uh, and making connections. Making connections. That's what, that's what I do. So, thanks for having me on today, guys. Yeah, totally. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, our email is inbound at belowthefold.io. Uh, we're open to topic suggestions or guests that you'd like to to see on the show. And that's it. Until next week, we'll see you below the fold.
That's a wrap. And that's a wrap. Good work, guys. Good job. Thanks, well done. Thank that's you. Stuff.